Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to the Luca Pete Show. It is a Thursday, the 7th of October. Lucky number 11. Uh, I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Mr. Luke Moore. And Luke, you are looking resplendent with your lovely, uh, freshly cut hair. You have uh, a surprising amount of haircuts, I think. My hair is very fast. Tidy hair, very tidy hair. If I had to choose which or what on my body grows the fastest, it would be my double chin. Followed by my hair. My hair. Maybe you could kind of just grow like a circular under chin beard that starts from your hair, like a one big dreadlock that goes underneath your chin. And a chin so strap. It keeps, it, keeps it all in. Yeah, like a chin strap. Keeps it all in check. I, 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 I generally, I, I started to book my next haircut when I get my haircut, if that makes sense. So I haven't got to worry about it. And I bang it straight into the calendar while I'm there. And then it just Who's pops up in my calendar and I just go there. Yeah, it's easy. Who is worrying about that? Just go and walk in and go, can I have an haircut? Where do no, you go for your the problem is, the problem is, I go to a place in West Norwood, which annoyingly, where I live, which annoyingly now has become really fashionable, and you can't right. fucking get a haircut now. <laughs> you, you have to wait weeks. And you, my so my like hair grows bear. so fast. So salt Bay's hair emporium. Yeah. So I, I, I end up going to get my hair cut by Salt Bay, and he, um, <laughs> he sprinkles all the um, hair dry shampoo. Off his elbow, yeah, <laughs> off his elbow, onto my hair. And then every time oh, right. he cuts around the back, he goes, wow, in my ear. <laughs> and he's so short that he can't even reach the top bit. So that's just like a no. thatched it's like your... roof of hair. Um, it's so anyway, no, I, do, I, I appreciate you saying that. I've had my hair cut fairly recently. I normally get it cut every 10 to 12 weeks. Um, mm. I can remember, and Pete, this might have been in your, ty- your time as well, at Capital Radio, the Capital Radio building in Leicester Square had a load of different stations in it. I'm sure it still does. They're probably called completely different things now. But one day I was there and um, Jay-Z was there, right? Right. Jay-Z was in there visiting Choice, I think, which was the um, the hip-hop and R&B station then. I don't know what it's called now. Anyway, Capital Extra, I think it's called now. Whatever. Capital Extra. Jay-Z was there and I was leaving the same time Jay-Z and all his people were leaving. And um, I noticed that he had a hairdresser with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can understand. I mean, he's Jay-Z, though, isn't he? Like, I quite like that. that he was- I quite liked yeah, it. Yeah, so it was like, a- is it hair and makeup or just hair? I think, no, he was like a traditional-looking barber with all the stuff oh. in a bag. And I've also, I've also heard... Towel over the arm. <laughs> yeah. I've also heard... No, the reason I knew he was a hairdresser is he kept asking Jay-Z where he was going on his holidays. Yeah, I, something for the weekend. So, and he had a yeah. big jar of barbicide he was spilling everywhere. Yeah, like in a pint glass. 
Yeah. And and no, and I've also heard that um, I, I haven't witnessed this one firsthand, but I think I've seen it on telly, and I've heard certainly a number of people say that mm. back in the day, Floyd Money Mayweather used to do the same. Yeah. So that's what look. I'm going for. It's a natural progression. At the moment, I'm on every 10 weeks. As I get richer and richer and more successful, I'm going to mm. keep getting it done quicker and quicker and quicker till I get to the point where I don't leave the house without a hairdresser with me. Yeah, I think the I think you got to remember the uh, a lot of like uh, rappers and stuff they have and and boxing professionals. They have a lot of um uh, they have a massive entourage anyway. You may as well have yeah. some of that entourage actually having a fucking job to do instead of just hanging around, surely. Yeah, can I can I also say that um this is quite a good story. And I don't know if I can say it, but you might have to bleep out the name. Maybe it'd be fine. Um, Maybe it'd be fine. Yeah. I, when I once worked at a record label, um, it was, there was talk of big, um, sh- like, swinging cuts to budgets, right? Mm. And I was sat in a meeting where they were talking about how they had to cut back on different budgets. And it was lots of different things. Like, you know, we're going to have to do this, we're going to have to do that. A few people mm. are going to have to re-interview for their jobs, all that kind of stuff. You know, you get the, you get the impression that, like, big companies... At any one moment, some department are re-interviewing for their jobs because they're endlessly streamlining, right? That's yeah. what it feels like to me. It's certainly mm-hmm. been the case in a lot of places I've worked. I was at this record label, a big label, uh, owned by a big company. It was a major label. And there was having these, one of these meetings. And what broke out was one of the most bizarre um, conversations I've ever been party to. I wasn't in the conversation because I was a, a lowly marketing assistant or coordinator or something, but I was mm. in the room. Uh, I was also in the room when, um, with about eight other people as the lowliest person there, tea maker, uh, when um, there was an intimate listening session of the second Scissor Sisters album with the whole of the Scissor Sisters and about mm. four or five people at the record label. Um, I remember it, you saying, was Baby Daddy there? Was Animatronic? They're all there. Jake Shears, I told you, he's one of the most handsome looking blokes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It was a very intense experience. experience. with Jake Shears. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's another story. I've probably told that one before. This was the same company, so I'm sure people who give a shit can probably find out which one it was. So I was sat there when they talked about this, and someone said to someone else, well, I mean, someone's going to have to tell Buster Rhymes about his entourage. <laughs> and the other guy was like, what? He's like, yeah, I mean, he's always bringing loads of people over whenever he comes, but you just have to tell him we can't pay for that anymore. And they both really didn't want to tell Buster Rhymes that he couldn't bring all these people with him. <laughs> and and I, I, I wish in some ways I was there on the follow-up conversation when one of them had rang him or something and said, if you want to come over with all these people next time, you're going to have to pay for them yourself. But I wasn't sadly part of that bit. But that was the major concern for a handful of people in the room about Buster Rhymes' entourage. So these things are, to- all I'm talking about, all I'm saying is these things are talked about in the real world. They have real world ramifications for some people's budget lines. I think that, um, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to bleep that because at the end of the day, you signed the NDA, not us. Um, but, um, <laughs> I don't think I signed anything. I, was, I don't think they gave a shit back then. No, I guess not, no. Um, but I bet, um, I bet Buster Rhymes, though, he's got quite a hoarse voice at the best of times. He always sounds, sounds like he's either currently shouting or he's been shouting, he's been the football or something. Yeah, he always yeah. sounds quite gruff. So I don't know whether you'd know whether that man was upset or not. It was, it was, it was, well, that's true. I mean, I guess maybe he comes across as always being upset. It was, I mean, without being <laughs> too kind of name dropping about it, and, and I'll try and keep it brief, it was a really bizarre job because you would, I mean, I mean people who haven't worked in that kind of line of work who, who are listening, I cannot yeah. stress this enough. And we got used to it a bit of Capital Radio where I was before because it happened there as well. Mm. Um, I would be sat at my desk, right, typing away, 
in the in the open plan bit of the office, and the the important people had offices all around the border, right? So they had their own little offices mm. with glass fronts. And yeah. I, I remember, I honestly remember sitting there, tapping away on my keyboard, the usual shit. Looked up because I was vaguely aware of someone standing outside the office next to my desk, and it was fucking Lenny Kravitz. Right, yeah. It's just, it's okay. just weird that kind of stuff happens. It happened, the Black Eyed Peas were in at one point, just knocking about. Um, mm. I had a desk next to um, singer-songwriter James Morrison. Less impressive, but even so. Um, and it was quite a weird thing to get used to. The um, I think there's, t- there's two parts of that. So, like, you at the radio... Uh, you've got all those stories about Lenny Kravitz and stuff. Uh, I remember at XFM, HardFi, all three right. of them, uh, using the same computer to to Google some stuff, uh, yeah. which I thought was a, a humorous image. Uh, but also, like I guess, on the record company level, you talk about acts as entities rather than people. So the very idea that you would have to explain to Buster Rhymes that he had to um, sh- sh- shore up his, uh, tidy up his, uh, Jake Shear, his uh, entourage a little bit, is weird because <laughs> you usually talk to him as a commodity. You usually talk to him yeah, yeah, yeah. as a commodity, as an entity, rather than the man who has a lot of friends who come over on a, on business class flights. <laughs> oh, I, I remember, I remember um, I, I'm not going to say who this was because this is probably a bit unfair, but I remember being in a meeting as well where they were talking about how what would be really great for the promotion of a new album by this particular artist would be for them to write a newspaper article about some kind of issue. And they were sitting there around saying, well, we can't fucking do that because the, the guy can't even write a sentence. I mean, it'll be, I'll mm. have to write it myself and he'd have to put his name yeah. to it and that'll take me ages. And, and mm. it was quite weird because you're used to seeing them as like legends and yeah. you find some kind of trivia about them, which is quite yeah. negative or quite kind of you know, weird or whatever it may be. And it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit strange. I remember at Capital Radio, we also squeezing into a lift with the entirety of Motley Crue. <laughs> oh, man. I don't... I think they might not smell nice. <laughs> Mind you, they're quite LA, aren't they? So they yeah. probably smelt of nice uh, uh, massage oils. My, my first feeling, and I still remember this now, was... Oh, there's a lot going on in here. There's a lot going on. A lot like going none on. of them are carrying anything, but there's a lot going on. I feel really claustrophobic, even though I I've been I'm in the, this lift with this amount of people before, and it's been fine. <laughs> with these guys, it feels quite claustrophobic. Uh, <laughs> it, it was obviously weird. Anyway, 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 <laughs> anyway. That's enough of that. Um, I'm just making yeah. a note of all this stuff to see which stuff we can say and which stuff we can't. Um, I think that's all right. I think that's oh, it's right, fine. Mate. Probably I fine. Pete, speaking of things that are probably fine, and we can talk about them. Have you okay. checked your own name? Have you done a name search check for you in the um, in the Pandora Papers? I'm. I haven't. Because um, all one of the hundred billionaires. Stuff, people have. I mean, so just there's just a lot of terabytes of data uh, to yeah. download. To be honest, I've got. A very limited broadband connection. I'm just. I'm, it's going to take me all day to download, and then I'm going to have to search all of the Peter Donaldsons to see if I'm I'm named. Unfortunately, I'm genuinely worried that some of my offshore investments uh, are, are, are going to be are going to be uncovered. To be quite frank, I think I think the real news story is being missed here. I think if you are a billionaire, you mm-hmm. are paying for a level of service, and you've been let down there. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, a lot all, of the all, all the all with all the will in the world, you are well within your rights to ask for a refund on that service. Oh, massively! And I, what I like about these is it the Pandora Papers this time? Because the yeah. Panama Papers, and there's one in the middle, and there's the Paradise Papers, was the, the one in the middle. 
Yes, Paradise. So a lot of the Pandora papers are just people going, yeah, we're going to leave this service. Why? Because of the Pandora, because of the first set of <laughs> Panama papers. Oh, that's and it's like, that, that conversation is in that fucking email. So it's hilarious. Oh, brilliant. I, feel, I love I feel, it. I feel very sorry for the Caribbean um, nation of Bermuda. They weren't named really as do. the Bermuda papers. They get none of the press because it doesn't no. begin with a P. So they change exactly. it to Paradise papers. That is true. That is true. But I just worry about my uh, my, my investments. I, I recently bought a, a rice cooker uh, because uh, coming off a holiday, you always sort of look down at your stomach, your tanned, sunburnt stomach, and you sort of mm. say, that doesn't necessarily need to be there, does it? Uh, and you think, I'm going to go on a bit of a diet. I'm going to eat rice instead of potatoes, which yeah. presumably might be just a little bit better for me. But I bought a rice cooker. I'm currently looking on Facebook Marketplace in uh, in Benfleet and Canvey Island. There's a set of bagpipes for sale for 500 quid. There's a bongo drum uh, for 25 quid and also a very old coin. <laughs> the, <laughs> so, the, this is the Pete Papers. This really is. I mean, there's just so much stuff here. A Borson's head. Uh, a sort of a, a, a sort of reproduction of a Borson smiling head from 1988. They want 30 quid for that. Some wonderful, wonderful aspirational uh, um, uh, um, price points for, you know, for, you know, Jules for a lot Breach, of shit. Our friend and colleague Jules Breach, she absolutely yes. swears by the rice cooker. She says the first thing she buys when she moves to a new house is a rice cooker. Because oh, you just have it, it bubbling away, making rice every day. It's I don't think beautiful. I've ever even seen one. Get a, but you gotta get you gotta get a good one. You've gotta get a good one. You can't just buy like a cheap ten dollar one and just expect it to keep your rice in in fine fettle all day. I just want one that you stick on in the morning and you've got rice for the rest of the day. Tip it out in the evening, more rice Is in that the morning. How it works? Lovely. Yeah, it just keeps it right. warm and and it keeps it kind of fluffy and light and it, it's oh, it's oh, but, it, it, I mean, proper like Japanese rice cooked rice is just fucking yeah at, yeah. At the risk of um, alienating and even offending the rice enthusiasts among our listenership, <laughs> the only <laughs> rice I ever really eat is just the stuff you get in the microwave that you can do for two minutes and it's always bang on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is always bang on. They, they they do some wonderful work. Similar principle, I suppose. Just a box of steam, really, isn't it? The rice is a little bit soggy. Uh, you heat it up, and it it basically just steams the rice, doesn't it? I, suppose. I can't I can't remember the last time I cooked rice in a pan because I just, I just feel like the 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 effort to reward ratio is kind of skewed. Only because it's just the proportions, isn't it? Like the cup yeah. to to rice thing is just quite confusing. And you still have to do a little bit of that with the rice cooker, but it does it perfectly, and it tests the moisture in the in the pan, and it's like this slow cooker thing. And you can make if you like congee, you know, that sort of rice porridge you can make where you just you just heat it and heat it and heat it until it's like this kind of uh, ricey porridge. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. You can make that in a rice cooker. Oh, mate, I'm really looking forward to this rice cooker. Do like you know you what? Do you know what you just reminded me of. Um, You've reminded rice? me of the fact that, <laughs> so I think even when I've cooked rice that's not been microwaved, I've done it in mm. one of those bags in the water in the pan. Right, yeah, okay, that's fair, okay, yeah. So, so I mean, I'm, I'm a just... rice, I'm not really a um, an expert in any way, shape or form, and maybe I just need, look, the, the beauty of this is you're never going to be busted in some kind of Pandora Papers expose, eh? because your stuff's all out there, your darkest secrets yeah. are already out there, mate, you know? Well, tax deductible, mate, because I mentioned it on the on air. <laughs> exactly. Uh, All right, Donaldson. Look, before yeah. we go to a break, I do want to say because I mentioned mm. on Monday that um, okay, I watched a couple of movies. I watched um, the Many Saints of Newark. Now, what is the? Oh, is that the um, the, 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 the the Tony Soprano thing? The Sopranos prequel. Yes. Yes. Okay. Any good? I, 
I only found out that um, I only someone mentioned it to me. I never really cons- I never really considered it. That you know the reason it's called that title. Why is it called that title? Have you seen The Sopranos? Yes. So you know. Up to the so basically, season. Christopher Moltisanti is one of the main characters mm. in, the, in The Sopranos, right? And The yeah. Many Saints of Newark is a prequel to The Sopranos, and it's basically the story of the Moltisanti family, right? Right. Moltisanti in Italian means many saints. Yeah. That's where oh. it comes from. And an absolute mind-blowing fact, Donaldson, that you are going to absolutely love. Do you know who plays the main character in The Many Saints of Newark? Is it Tony Soprano's son? No, it isn't. What? Oh, <laughs> oh right, okay. Is it James Gandolfini's son then? No, he's him? not the main part in it, mate. The, main, the main part, part. in it oh. is, is Dickie Moltisanti, played by... Only the bastard guy from Goal, uh, Alessandro what, the Nivola, the guy who plays oh, no. bloody um, Gavin Harris in Goal. Gavin Harris in Goal. That's sweet. Because uh, he, yeah, he eked out a little bit of a career, didn't he, old uh, Gavin Harris? Or well, he's just got a fucking big, bigger one now. My goodness me. <laughs> he's really good in it as well. Does he play a proper naughty footballer? Yeah. Who talks like this? <laughs> I didn't even know it was him until someone mentioned it afterwards. I didn't make the connection. But I also... Oh, that's wa- smashing. I-, I thought it was a brilliant movie. Uh, if you if you enjoy The Sopranos, which I presume you do, if you've seen it, you should enjoy it. If you don't, please turn this show off and never listen to it ever again. Um, it's a great prequel to that. Uh, the end was brilliant. Without, so I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but the final act of that movie was bloody excellent. I really, really enjoyed it. Does he say, you fuck, you fuck? That's all I remember from The Sopranos. He was just saying, you fuck, all the time. You've watched <laughs> The US Office six times through and you can't remember anything about The Sopranos. Yeah. I'm on my seventh, Luke. We started it again. I, I, it's an illness. But it's just, I think it's just, it's a little comfort pillow, mm. if indeed that is a thing, uh, that just, it just gets you ready for sleep. You watch 20-minute Office, you're out, out like a light. Love it. Um, but yeah, we, we're starting it again. I, I mean, it's my seventh run through. That's... Obscene. Couldn't tell you a thing about it because you know what my memory's like. Speaking of that, yeah, it's like watching something for the first time every time. Right. Speaking of that, have you started watching Squid Game yet? I haven't. No. Um, it's 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 one of those ones where I don't. We don't have enough time to watch television together. Me and the partner have access to, um, and so I have even less time to watch stuff by myself. And it's just Sarah saw saw the trailer and went, ah, not for me. <laughs> oh, the, the Wi-Fi I have access to and me are really enjoying it. We're watching it together. It's brilliant. I, I genuinely yeah. think it's really good. I, I, I always get quite cynical about, oh, it's the most watched show on Netflix. Everyone loves it. It's brilliant, whatever. Because part of me just gets cynical and thinks, oh, yeah, but they're just saying that. I'm fine. It's always but, good, though, isn't it? It's never terrible. It's no, always it, fucking good. Honestly, <laughs> it's the latest in a long line of things from Netflix that I've really enjoyed. Um, I've, yeah. I, I don't know how it's going to end. I'm about five episodes in. Don't spoil me if you're listening to this now. I probably won't have finished it by the time this show comes out. But it is very, very good. If you're thinking about watching it, but you haven't um, haven't partaken yet, the nights are drawing in. It's getting colder, presumably if you're in the northern hemisphere. So uh, get stuck in. It's well worth it. Is it is it a spoiler to um, explain why it's called Squid Game? Um, no, because I think that makes it very clear in the very opening montage of the first episode. Right. Okay. It, why is it called Squid Game then? <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you were going to tell me. Um, I think it's <laughs> no, just based know. because it's based around. Um, Games that children, as far as I know, I, mean, I haven't seen the whole thing oh, yet. Based about yeah. games that children played in in South Korea as kids, and right. um, and um, and in the actual 
show, I don't think it's a spoiler yeah. to say that they um that that's what they do in the show in the game. So there's there's one there's one game that's very much like the British. Uh, what time is it, Mister Wolf? Yes, exactly. That. Something different. They so, call it red light, I green loved, light. Yeah. I loved what time is it, Mister Wolf? Luke, I think that's one of my dinner time. Games. I it's just the excitement, the freedom the game's master has to influence the game. The, the 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 sheer panic, the rolled ankles, the screams, the Ferrari. Yeah. I love what time is it, Mr. Wolf? Because yeah. it's the inevitability that it will end at some point and it will be dinner time. What happens at the end in the game? So I'm not, I don't mean in the show, but in what time is it, Mr. Wolf, when you played it as a mm. kid? If you yeah. made it to Mr. Wolf, what happened? Um, oh, I don't. I, you know what? I'm not sure because nobody ever did because you'd know if someone was behind you, wouldn't you? Um, really so, yeah, I don't actually know. Is it like, yeah, how did, if someone knows how, um, uh, what times that Mr. Wolf ended or any weird derivations, deviations that you, uh, that, that you played, do let us know. Hello yeah. at LukeandPeachot.com. All right, on that <laughs> note, let's ends. go to a break. When we come back, we'll do some battery brands, as is the, the tradition, and we'll clear up this week's emails as well, because there's a few more left to go. Um, so stick around and we'll see you in a minute. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Luke and Pete Shaw. Uh, oh, wrapping up a little bit of admin. We can't talk about my holiday next week. Um, Luke, have you ever read a James Patterson book? I haven't, no. I don't think there's enough time He's in the uh, day, is there? Very, very, very popular. 600 million fortune. He seems to write a book every five minutes. Um, there was a there was a there was a grubby little um, paperback in the um, in the in the in the pool library um, as I was uh, relaxing, um, and I sort of leafed through it, read read the whole thing. What a piece of shit! Anyway, <laughs> uh, 
Um, I, you, you know, you just assume that people writing fiction are good because it's been published. Because there's so many people who write stuff and they have to self-publish or they can't get a publisher. Yeah. But this guy, that if that's his some of his better work, or indeed even some of his worst work, that is it's astonishingly bad stuff, Luke. Well, Just bad. Like he was written by like Alan by Alan Partridge. It's incredible. You and I differ on this though, because I, I'm kind of just generally in favour of anyone who doesn't read should be reading, right? Right. It's an amazing thing. It gives you a lot of skills. Um mm. lot some tangible, some intangible. Um mm. I genuinely I mean, without being too earnest and, 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 and all this kind of stuff, there's nothing better to me than it. And I like it. So even when people read like Dan Brown books, I'm not one of these people who kind of you know, roll their eyes on the tube and go, oh, what the fuck are you reading that no. for? I'm like, great, good for you. I, I, the only thing I know about James Patterson, there's two things I know. One is that he wrote Kiss the Girls, which was adapted into that Morgan Freeman film, which I vaguely right. remember being okay, but I can't remember too much about it. He's like a thriller writer, right? Yeah, and he writes a lot with other people. He writes yeah. with like police well, detectives like to get now, a bit... Right? Yeah, well, he's, he just wrote a book with Bill Clinton, I think, not not that long ago, which is about the president being kidnapped or something. And it's, yeah. I just, I'm just astonished. <laughs> if, if, you look at, if you look at James Patterson's bibliography, right, he's probably going to have extensive. Written, yeah, he's probably going to have written over 500 books, right? But now, I think, I think, I think some of them were written by AI because the one I say. read so, was so, possibly written by AI. Logic and common sense would dictate that he's not going to have written all of those because it's impossible, right? <laughs> it's so impossible. It's like when you see Ramesh Ranganathan on TV, right? I've got no problem yeah. with Ramesh. I don't know him. I'm sure he's great. Um, and he's lovely. I'm sure he's a lovely fella. But if he's doing 10 shows at once, which he always seems to be doing, don't be surprised if at least a handful of them are shit because he's not got the time to do them, right? Mm. He's just doing them. It's, just, it's like a production line. It'll be the same with yeah. this. The, the other fact I would say that I know about James Patterson, which I think is really actually a feather in his cap is I'm pretty sure he funded financed and exec produced all that stuff that documentary for example about Jeffrey Epstein which eventually ended up, ended up with all the stuff that he ended up with because I think he was a resident of the same town that Jeffrey Epstein lived in right and so he was in the vanguard of, of bringing all that stuff to light and bringing him to justice I think so he so, so, so Patterson is very uh, community and charitably minded. He's he set up so many foundations about, and and I only read up on him because I was astonished about how weak sauce the book was. <laughs> I was just surprised. That's all. Look, if anyone's a, 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 a Pat Pat Patterson, a, a big fan of Pat Pats, um, can you email in? Let me know what the best book is, and then I can read that. And not be quite yeah. so astonished at where that's, you know, how weird that was. I think you're right, because also, weird. he was also really poor in those Twilight films. Um, let's, <laughs> let's go to emails. Uh, hello at lukeandpeach.com. Oh, no, we've got the batteries first. We've got the batteries. Yeah, batteries, I've got a couple batteries. for you. Do you want, can you, are you in the position to be able to do the search, mate? Uh, yes, I think I... You should be able to, because you just logged me out of the email, so you better be able to be. I didn't, mate. I didn't. Oh, someone did. Oh, is there trouble a at ghost mill? in our house? <laughs> you ready? Nice. Yes. Come on down, Dominic Bloxham. Um, he sent in, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, and you might not even need yeah. to search. But young Dominic, hello to you, friend of the show now, because you've got in touch and got on the show. Uh, our mm. friend Dominic has sent in some pear deer batteries. Now I'm pretty sure oh, they're not. Mate. Nah, oh, old fashioned. Mate. Get just, fucked, Dominic. Just, Is that what you're saying? Is pear deer one word or two words? One word. 
one word in it. Some people have actually written uh, them as two words. We've had those one, two, three, four, five, six, like over 20 times. I'm Dominic, so sorry. You should be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. Next up. Sorry, Dominic. Thomas Monk. Great name. Tommy Monk. Monkey. Monkey. Monko. Um, he sent in some warriors. Mm, I think we may have had warriors quite early on, you know. Warriors. Mm. Um, yeah, lot, lot, quite a lot of those. But warriors, quite a popular. Yeah. Paul Williams got yeah. in touch. Not Thought sure if they've yet fe- featured on the show. Yes, they have. Um, Terracotta Warriors. That is un the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably not as not as many as Pear Deers, but enough, enough. Yeah, okay. And enough. Um, um, shout out to Luke who sent in some Raymax. They're not new players. Shout yeah. out to uh, at in our shadow who sent in Nanfeng. They're not real play- new players no. either. Um, Striking out this week. Yeah, it's not it's not much it's not much new new material coming in. Um so do keep sending your suggestions in. Mm. But sadly, um so far no new players this week. Maybe next week will be different. All right, let's do some mm. emails. Peter, do you want to do one or do you want me to do one? You stick one in the ear hole, please. I want to do one because I think you'll like this one. This is from Ben. He says, hi, guys. This will be my third, maybe fourth submission. So maybe this one will make the cut. I was staying in it a has. lodge in I think that's pronounced Fifi in Thailand, when I awoke to the sound of banging on the window. I assumed it was the owner of the establishment and that I'd overslept, which was a regular occurrence on my trip. Imagine my surprise (laughs) when I saw a gibbon outside the window holding one of my (laughs) flip-flops. The gibbon continued to bang on the window until I got up to open the door, at which point he scarpered into the jungle with my flip-flop. Not only did he steal it, he just wanted me to know that he had seen it and stolen it. Absolute cretin, Ben. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one, Peter. Uh, it, 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 is it fair to say that that is so far up my street it's opened a corner shop? Because that is just something else. Just wants you to know. I love that. It, oi! To be, to be oi, fair to I've him. Got his, oi! Cunt, wake up. I've got this. <laughs> See ya. Bye. To be fair to him, I think the Gibbon wanted to say, you are gonna, if I don't do this, you're going to wake up, one of your flip-flops going to be missing, and you'll just never know. And it's the yeah, closure. Exactly. You won't have you, the closure. You never, You just sort of worry that there's a lot of things that Gibbons have stolen that no, people didn't know it was a Gibbon. And they, went, they went absolutely astonished and surprised uh, and enchanted by the very image of a Gibbon running around with, a, with something that they owned. It would have been incredible. I would love to see it. I, I can't think of a single thing in this room or my house that I wouldn't be delighted by a, 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 a Gibbon stealing. Yeah. I include... Money, wallets, mobile I mean, phone—they can have it. Don't even, I mean, the, Gib- the Gibbon community don't even operate a currency, so I mean, they don't nothing to do with the money. I mean, <laughs> the thing that annoys clean. me about this is the double standards. Because if I get home to my house in West Norwood at two in the morning and wake up the Wi-Fi I have access to because a Gibbon stolen my keys, no one believes me. <laughs> that is true, though. You do drink a lot of Varangi Boom, though, which is known to uh, make people hallucinate. Anyway, I don't think there's fan. any better way to end the show this week than that. So thank you very much to everyone listening. Thank you particularly to Ben, um, whose name is Ben White, apparently. So I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's the uh, it? Arsenal centre-back um, who, had his, who had a Gibbon steal his flip-flops. I suspect not, though. Thank you if you have got in touch with us this week. But also thank you if you've listened. We much appreciate it. Do please tell your pals uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard and leave us a review, a five-star review, wherever you get your pods. It does help the show immensely and enormously. We'll be back on Monday for more of this. Pete, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I, I take it there's been no reply on the walkie-talkie across the week since Monday. Nothing. But we live in no, hope. nothing. Nothing. We live in hope. Maybe I'll try. Seven. Seven. Channel seven. Yeah. 
We'll keep, keep, keep a watching brief on it. I'll keep watching brief. All right, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much, and uh, stay safe. Look after yourself and each other. And Pete, as I told you on Monday, take care. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.